everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Positive Talk podcast. I'm Chuck Allen, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and clinical therapist, Julie Homrich. And together, we co-host the Positive Talk podcast. And the goal of this podcast is to integrate faith and psychology so we can all move forward toward our best possible life together. Integrating faith and psychology is unique in that most people separate these two significant parts of our life, but as we've stated with great regularity here at Positive Talk, faith and science are not at odds. On the contrary, we've been created and wired to renew our minds and constantly grow, change, adjust, and renew. So thanks for joining us today. You picked a great day to listen in as we tackle the subject of forgiveness. And this week's episode is brought to you in part by Clear Path Counseling Network. At Clear Path, we believe that reaching out for help is hard enough. So finding it should be straightforward and simple. So you can visit clearpathcounseling.org and start your free, completely confidential assessment. In less than 10 minutes, you can be on your way to discovering your clear path to peace and God's best for your life. All right, so let's get at it. Forgiveness is a fully loaded word. You know, Julie, that forgiveness is universal. We've all been hurt, offended. We've all been wronged. And at some point in our lives, we've all had to forgive someone. Now, a negligent comment might hit its mark and now replays in our minds, scraping out open wounds. And maybe it's a deeper wound that's caused by someone's abuse or abandonment or assault. And the ache of these injuries can linger for years, decades, for some, a lifetime. You know, forgiving someone can be one of the most difficult things to do in our entire life. And yet, it's through forgiveness that the divine heals our deepest wounds and frees us from our prisons of anger or hate, self-pity, and self-contempt. But what does forgiveness really look like? You know, Chuck, forgiveness is a fascinating concept. It's truly one of the cornerstones of mental and spiritual health. However, before I dig deeper into forgiveness, I want to take a moment to touch on a major precipitant to forgiveness, which is memory. Okay, so how are these two connected? So when we live in bitterness about what someone did to us, we are carrying around a memory of what they did, right? And we think about how wrong it was or how it affected us. And this memory creates the ground zero for us to hold on to whatever anger or rage or blame we carry toward them. But this memory keeps what happened in the past solidly rooted in our present. This memory holds a lot of weight in our story of why this person is the worst or we think we should hold on to anger toward them. But here's the big challenge with these memories that result in bitterness. Research psychologists and scientists show that our memories aren't always as stable as we imagine them to be. Our memories actually have a very strong capacity to change slightly every single time we retrieve them. So this is a process called memory reconsolidation. And if your memories were like stacked books on a bookshelf, every single time you pulled one book or memory from the shelf, there's this small window of time where a part of your brain opens up that book or memory and makes a few edits based on your current mood or an outside influence, perhaps what someone's told you about the situation, or through just the current lens through which you see the world. 
So this memory reconsolidation is important to learn about because our whole life is built on our memories. Now, before I go any further, I do want to pause and state here that I'm not invalidating anyone's pain or experience in any way. I mean, the fact that this memory still elicits such strong emotional responses shows that it was very, very painful and it needs to be addressed. I know that this is true for my life, Julie. My memories with some folks, some places, or even some events are directly related to a hurt, a pain, maybe a vulnerability that that, that was experienced and it was very real. But I totally understand how my memories can't always be trusted mm. because they do impact how I think at my current moment, stress levels, etc. Mm-hmm. So when I leave that memory unchecked, it's almost like a wound that's become infected. And before long, it affects the entirety of my life. Mm-hmm. And an infection is a really great way to describe it. So it becomes a sore spot, something we either fester on or avoid whenever that person or the event comes to mind. But every single time we are reminded of that wounding or that offense, we actually have an opportunity to either clear out the wound or introduce new pathogens, figuratively speaking, of course. So here's why. From a psychological perspective, whenever we repeatedly open up a memory with a lens of bitterness instead of forgiveness, we actually strengthen the negative aspects of the memory each time, which in turn leads to more bitterness, and the memory actually becomes even more distressing every time we retrieve it. In contrast, when we open up the memory and view it through the lens of forgiveness, we actually strengthen that part of the memory that highlights the good things like our resilience or the ways we overcame that struggle or even the meaning that maybe God's purpose for us that came out of that event. So this in turn helps us leave that memory in the past and make peace with it because our brain isn't constantly trying to settle the score. Okay, so after all of that, I feel like I've been through a therapy session and now I need more. <laughs> I, I can recall a time when I was ridiculed and had horrible untruths spoken to me in a very, very public forum. I was angry. I was full of bitterness. I was resentful to the degree that I associated other people and places along with the one person that had actually activated the offense. And before long, in my heart and my mind, I became determined to fight the fight and find a way to, as you stated, settle the score. I couldn't sleep. I was consumed by my offended spirit. I brought it up at every meal with my spouse. I was consumed by bitterness and resentment. I sat across from a lunch with an older, wiser man and unloaded all of my venomous resentment, expecting him to give me some proven strategies about how to settle the score and ensure that I proved that I was right. Instead, he offered this simple thought, Chuck, you're the only person being hurt by your bitterness and resentment. And I thought, well, you're dang right I am. But he then got to the point, forgiveness, Chuck, forgiveness is at the crux of our Christian faith. God commands that we forgive those who sin against us. Now, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Just in case you're wondering, it came straight from the scripture in the book of Colossians. When his disciple Peter 
asked the Lord how many times he should forgive, Jesus essentially answered, forgive and keep on forgiving. 77 times, a figurative number, suggesting continual renewal, continual forgiveness. He went on, and it was by this point, I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. And he said, if if I'm forgiven by God, then who am I to refuse to forgive someone else? And looked at me like, your turn. Mm -hmm. But in our day-to-day lives, what does it truly mean to forgive? Do I pretend it didn't hurt when I was publicly humiliated? What about when something really bad does happen? Yeah. And as you know, and we've spoken about this, pretending and avoiding lead us to repressing and emotions can come out sideways in very destructive ways. So we can face our sense of injustice and bitterness by actually re-entering a memory and replacing negative beliefs with positive ones. So if the client is a believer, in my private practice, we talk about this in terms of replacing lies with truth. And I'll never forget when I was learning this process and practicing it with a fellow colleague. So we entered into a memory that she had of a prior job where she was holding on to just a ton of bitterness and resentment toward her bosses and the company for how they treated her. And as we entered into the memory, those emotions resurfaced for her. But instead of staying focused on them, I asked her to zoom out for a second to take a moment and notice what else was happening in that room. When she did, she noticed all the other colleagues who were actually supporting her in the room. She noticed the way the boss felt forced to make the decision. She noticed the different aspects of the memory that she hadn't previously focused on because her brain was so stuck on the negative. She left that session with a completely different view of the encounter, her prior job, and even herself in relation to her career and what her professional value was. And she was also able to release and forgive those who hurt her because she saw the bigger picture. You know, in in my story that truly happened, mm-hmm. God taught me a critical lesson about forgiveness through a long series of sleepless evenings. I wrestled with the Lord about what I believed. I dreaded, rather, that he was telling me I needed to deal with this, to mm-hmm. offer forgiveness. And I got to a point that not only I couldn't sleep, but until such time as I said, okay, God, fine, I will forgive. I will deal with this. It wasn't until that moment that some peace began to happen in my life. So the very next day, I called my former colleague, and with a great deal of trepidation, I'm sitting in the car, and I'm talking with the Lord, confessing to the Lord the sin of holding on to my resentment and unforgiveness. And you know, literally, when I met with this fella, what I expected, because the Lord and I had dealt with my confession, was everything would be good. And that didn't happen. This fella unloaded four pages of single-spaced anger and bitterness back at me face to face. So why did God have me lay it all on the line with this guy? I wouldn't understand for a long time afterward, Julie, but he was laying a foundation for forgiveness. In making that call, I acknowledged that terrible damage had been done to me and to my soul. I accepted my own responsibility for the parting of ways and my need for forgiveness, and I gave up my claim to victimhood and retribution. That is not easy for somebody who always wants to be right. Mm-hmm. 
And through that incredibly uncomfortable encounter, God showed me this guy's brokenness in light of my own brokenness, that he too was made in God's image and in need of grace and forgiveness. I honestly didn't forgive in a day. I've learned that forgiveness can be a season, not necessarily an action. But I've learned to forgive in light of my own forgiveness, as I have also been forgiven. So also must I forgive. As a follower of Jesus, I've been given so much, and I've been forgiven so much. How then can I live in peace if I'm unwilling to forgive? So what about that guy who told me to my face that I was a, quote, pathetic excuse for a leader, end quote? When he said that to me all those years ago, how do I deal with that? Well, I recognize now that he might have been looking in the mirror when he said those words to me. Not caring much for himself, he lashed out at someone else. The wound that I suffered was real, but the one who inflicted it on me was every bit as broken and in need of God's grace as I was. I forgave him, and at least in that instance, I can live with the freedom of offloading my own bitterness and anger. Forgiveness is most often, as I've learned up close and personal, an inside job. It absolutely is. And, you know, one internal exercise that I encourage every believer to do, this is a real practical exercise, get into a quiet place and then pray and invite Jesus into whatever memory or event is causing you bitterness. You can ask him, ask him to show you where he was when that happened, what he was doing. You know, many people I've seen have found such deep, great healing in knowing that Jesus was actually in pain for them as they experienced pain. You can use your curiosity to ask him what he wants you to see that you may not have focused on in the original encounter or your recollections of it. And then you can ask him which part of the memory you are carrying that he wants to carry instead. Picture yourself handing it over to him, releasing that bitterness, injustice, anger, fear. You can hand it over to him. He wants to carry it for you. Now, if it feels too overwhelming to go through this, you are not alone. There are some memories, especially very traumatic ones, that you might need professional help to walk you through because your brain has spent so much time protecting or ignoring it. So having a safe, unbiased pastor or a professional to walk you through the process of forgiveness, even if it's just for the first time as you're learning how to do it, can be really transforming. Now I wanna finish by sharing how this can be implemented with our children. We all wanna teach our children how to forgive, right? And I think imagery is very powerful. So sometimes, especially with kids, this works with adults too, I ask them to imagine their heart as a garden. Walk alongside Jesus in this garden and ask him to reveal where the weeds are. Then you can ask him to help you pull out all those weeds name them, and then hand them over. But don't stop there. Ask Jesus what he does with those weeds of bitterness or resentment or pride. You know, I'll never forget when I did this with my four-year-old son. He identified a weed as, quote, being mean to my friends. And then he asked Jesus to replace it with kindness and patience. When I asked him what Jesus did with the weed, he said he threw it out of this universe, which is such a picture of forgiveness and grace. 
God can use our brains and our imaginations to do some really powerful and beautiful things if we let him. He really can. Forgiveness is indeed at the very heart of the Christian faith, but is also, I believe, at the heart of healthy relationships, most especially the relationship that we have with ourselves. We know forgiveness is the cornerstone of healthy spirituality, but Julie, does it affect us mentally and physically as well? Well, that's a resounding yes. So there are numerous positive mental and physical effects of forgiveness. And the research on this is really clear. Holding on to bitterness keeps us in a chronic state of fight or flight mode, which increases the risk of heart attack, high blood pressure, insomnia, depression, and even decreases our immune system response. Now, in contrast, forgiving others activates the part of our nervous system responsible for calming stress. It helps our bodies operate more fluidly. When we choose not to forgive, our past bleeds over repeatedly into our present, and we are never truly free. So just like bitterness leaves our minds stuck, it can also leave our bodies stuck even down to our intended blood flow and the ease of our natural processes in our bodies get stuck when our brains get stuck and fixated on the pain someone else caused us without moving toward the healing that is available for every one of us. And forgiveness unlocks that healing in so many ways. So when I listen to how you've described this from a a psychological perspective, Mm -hmm. I'm reminded that forgiveness is a cornerstone of our being able to live in peace Mm -hmm. and positively. Forgiveness isn't granted because somebody deserves it. It also doesn't mean that people get away with it. In fact, it's not about the other person at all. Forgiveness is about confronting who we are. It is an opportunity to ask some hard questions and discover some real truths about what we really believe and who we truly are individually. I firmly believe that forgiveness is essential to living positively in our emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual lives. It's absolutely essential. It is. And as we continue to explore ways to live positively, I want to remind our listeners, like I do every week, that positive thinking, it's not about avoiding negative thoughts. It's about redeeming them. And in context to what we're talking about today, we aren't asking you to pretend whatever happened didn't hurt you. We are encouraging you to recognize that the pain doesn't have to define you anymore. God can redeem it if you let him. And remember, if you are feeling stuck here at Clear Path Counseling, we are here for you. You can start discovering your clear path by completing your free assessment at clearpathcounseling.org today. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Positive Talk podcast, where we're always integrating faith and psychology. We're going to tackle a little different aspect of forgiveness, forgiving our self. That should be highly interesting and challenging for all of us. So go in peace, and we're grateful you joined us. Mm -hmm.